and welcome to The Farming Week, the podcast from Agriland that keeps you up to date with all the latest in Irish agriculture. I'm Louise Hickey and I'm joined today by journalists Ashling O'Brien and Brian McDonnell. It's been a busy week with the news from the Sustainable Dairy Future Conference, announcement of payments and payment delays, milk prices and a proposal made just today by the EU on livestock transport, which we will get to. Now, Ashling, to start us off this week, we heard news that payments to farmers who applied to tranche one of acres for the cooperation project stream will see their payments delayed. Ashling, where did this emerge from and when my farmers expect to see these payments now? Yes, uh, that's correct, Louise. So on Wednesday, there was a meeting between officials from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine and Farm Organisations in relation to payment dates for this year. And uh, we have discussed here in the podcast before about the delays to farm scheme payments and how that has led to a lot of anger and concern among farmers because under the new cap, we have obviously a range of new schemes, including acres. And uh, we got confirmation yesterday yesterday from the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlogue, as you said, that payments to farmers in the cooperation project, the CP stream of acres, those payments will be delayed now until next year. The Minister said that payments under tranche one of acres would commence on the week beginning December 18th. But that will involve payments for farmers in the acres general scheme. But payments for farmers in the CP stream will be progressed and will begin to issue from next February. So February 2024, which is a big disappointment for a lot of farmers out there. There is over 18,000 farmers involved in CP uh, acres stream. And this is obviously going to come as a blow to them. Uh, The minister said that two thirds of all of the acres general participants are in the final stages of being processed for payment before the year end. And he said that the Department of Agriculture is continuing to process payments, both general, CP, and also for the acres training scheme until all valid claims are paid. Now, so look, earlier this year, as we know, um, Charlie McConlogue decided to approve all 46,000 valid applications for acres. Um, and under the scheme, 25% of the productive land area of the state has been scored for the first time under this agri-environmental scheme. But you know, along with acknowledging the intense effort that has gone into to the first year of this scheme across advisors, farmers, farm organisations, the department themselves as well, he did note that farmers would have been expecting payment under tranche one of acres before the end of this year. But he said that deciding to include all 46,000 applicants into tranche one had put significant pressure on delivering all payments by the end of the year. And he said that the, the team in the department has been working very hard to expedite this as quickly as possible. But due to the unprecedented numbers, it has not been possible to get all applicants paid in acres by year end. So, you know, look, this is obviously, as I said, Louise, going to come as a blow to to farmers who are in the, the CP stream of acres as well. And what reactions have you seen from that so far, Ashling? 
Yeah, so the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association, the ICMSA, called the delays unacceptable. Uh, The ICMSA president, Pat McCormack, said all of the farmers need to be communicated with directly by the department with a realistic and binding commitment on the date on which they will receive their payment. And he said there can be no more casual or unexplained postponements as well. And uh, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, they also attended the meeting in Port Leash yesterday and the ICSA President Dermot Kelleher said the payment delays were a devastating blow for farmers. He said the farmers have been left out of pocket and they've completed the actions that have been asked of them and they had been expecting payment in in late November and now uh, some 18,000 plus farmers are going to have to wait until next February to be paid. And the IFA's National Hill Committee Chair, Colleen Keneally, also called on Minister McConlogue to intervene and do whatever was needed to ensure that all acres CP farmers receive their payment before Christmas. But from what we're hearing, it seems unlikely that that will be the case as well, um, that it will be delayed until next February. And we heard as well from the president of the Agricultural Consultants Association, the ACA, Noel Feeney. He said the delay was disappointing for farmers farmers in those areas and for the advisors that have been working very hard on the ground as well. He said advisors had been working seven days a week doing scoring and obviously to see this delay in payments now is very disappointing for for everybody involved as well. The Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association also joined in the course of criticism uh, at this announcement as well. And the INHFA president, Vincent Roddy, said it would be a hammer blow to the 18,600 farmers who would have been expecting this payment as well. So, look, it is very, very disappointing. Um, Obviously, the minister has come in for a lot of criticism. He's saying it's because they accepted all 46,000 farmers into tranche one. But, uh, you know, this is going to leave a lot of farmers very disappointed and very out of pocket as well, uh, Louise. So, you know, it's it's just a very, very disappointing time. And I suppose before we leave this as well, um, we have heard this week as well that the complimentary income support for young farmers is set to see the payment per hectare reduced due to that scheme being oversubscribed. And sources um, have indicated to Agriland that the scheme, which was originally planned to offer payments of €175 a hectare on a maximum of 50 hectares for qualifying young farmers, We'll see a reduced payment rate now of 158 euro a hectare. That's a reduction of 17 euro a hectare um, for applicants. Now, Minister Charlie McConlogue has confirmed that the payments under this scheme would commence this week, but he didn't indicate the total amount to be paid to farmers. And uh, so it looks like that they might be impacted as well by that scheme being oversubscribed. Thanks, Ashling. Now, just this morning, the EU Commission proposed to implement legislation on the minimum age for unweaned calves to be transported. Ashling, what do these proposals include? Yeah, so the the EU Commission published their long-awaited revision of the 2005 Animal Transport Regulation today and they outlined a series of very interesting proposals. Of course, animal transport, very important to a country like Ireland. We're in Ireland, Louise. We need to get our animals off of the island and over to the continent and out to to markets as well. Uh, The Commission has called this the biggest reform of EU animal welfare rules uh, when it comes to transport in 20 years. And they said 
point that the proposals reflect the latest scientific evidence that is available. So I suppose what is included in these proposals would be that there would be a minimum age of five weeks and a minimum weight of 50 kg for unweaned calves to be transported. There'd also be a journey of nine hours maximum for animals transported for slaughter under the proposals. And they would also ensure that travel times would be shortened. And during long journeys, the animals must be unloaded for periods of rest, feed and water as well. And special rules would apply to animals for slaughter and to vulnerable animals such as unweaned calves and pregnant animals. And the proposals state that transport in extreme temperatures would be subject to strict conditions which would include limiting transport solely to nighttime when uh, temperatures exceed 30 degrees Celsius. And in addition, when we are looking at the other end of the scale, when temperatures dip below freezing, vehicles would have to, to be covered and air circulation in the animal compartment would have to be controlled as well. And where temperatures drop below minus five, along with the previously mentioned measures, travel duration then would not be allowed to to surpass nine hours. There's also some allowances in these proposals as well for minimum space for different animals. So this will all result, Louise, in transport companies having to to look at their vehicles. They'll have to adjust their transport um, patterns as well. In the case of sea transport, some operators may have to buy new or maybe renovate their vessels as well in order to ensure compliance uh, with this as well. And the EU is going to look at using digital tools as well to facilitate Um, the enforcement of transport rules. That's something we've heard before, that there isn't a lot of joined up data when it comes to animal transport. So the EU is kind of going to modernize its approach when it comes to this as well. So the executive vice president for the European Green Deal, Marius Sekvik, said that more than 80% of EU citizens want better protection for animals. And the commissioner for health and uh, food safety, Stella Kirikides, told a press conference today that the focus on animal welfare will continue into the new EU commission following the EU elections next year. Take a listen to this. The next commission will be equally committed to animal welfare. For the simple reason, and you have brought it up yourself, that animal welfare is very much in the heart and soul of uh, the majority of European citizens. And we are here to deliver on policies that also reflect what the European citizens want from us. That was just EU Commissioner for Health and Food Safety, Stella Kirikides. Now, Ashling, I know that this announcement was only made this morning, but has there been any early reaction so far? Yes, Louise. So we've early reaction in from um, Irish uh, Fianna Fáil MEP Billy Kelleher. Uh, he's been very vocal on this. We covered it previously on the podcast that he wrote to the commission outlining his concerns about these proposals and how they could impact Ireland. And he said that uh, what has been announced today would be both problematic and costly for Irish farmers and exporters. He said that there are some positives in the proposal. There is an acceptance that the time spent at sea shouldn't be counted in any maximum journey time calculations. He said that was something that was hugely important for Ireland as an island member state. But he is concerned at the maximum journey time for unweaned calves being set at nine hours. He said the average journey time from the ferry port in Cherbourg to the major markets in the north of the Netherlands is 
approximately 12 to 13 hours. So, you know, there are some concerns as well. And no doubt there'll be more reaction to come in the coming days on that as well, Louise. Perfect. Thank you, Ashling. And this topic was actually discussed at the Sustainable Dairy Future Conference, which took place this week. I'm joined now by our dairy specialist, Brian McDonnell. Brian, Dr. Lauren Chaloux from Chagas spoke at the conference about calf exports. What did he have to say? The ICOS conference was in UCC earlier this week and uh, Lauren Chaloux from Chagas was speaking at it. And I suppose he first talked about, I suppose, the potential of uh, calves coming from the dairy herd and specifically around the genetic potential that can be used within these calves or achieved from these calves by using I suppose the tools available such as the the DBI and then also this, the CB, CBV um, so I suppose the DBI is kind of the, the tool used by the dairy farmer to select bulls that are going to have good genetic potential from their cows and produce good quality calves and then the CBV is a tool that can be used by the purchaser to, I suppose, obtain the quality. And I suppose within that, he was saying that there's a huge potential to improve the quality and improve the profitability of uh, calf rearing farms or dairy beef farms. And he mentioned that within the Dairy B500 program, that a lot of the top guys within that are competing with in terms of profitability with dairy farmers. And then I suppose he also talked about kind of the exports and looking at the exports of calves and I suppose the potential of what's going to happen here. And I suppose there was a couple of key points he mentioned were around firstly that I suppose he, he himself has actually been on three trips with the calves. And he said that there's a lot, there's a lot of data, a lack of data missing from um, these trips. And I suppose his, his line was for me in this debate, there's a lack of data. There's a lot of mode of thinking and there's a lot of feeling, but little data. So I suppose he's basically saying that on the data we do have that it shows that although there is a depression of within the calves during transport, they recover quite quickly. And but that there probably is a need to look at within the transport of calves to have some kind of feeding regime or feeding be possible within the transport, which would um, decrease this depression and ensure the calves arrive healthy and fit and ready to go. And obviously delay would would um stop any delay that might occur in terms of their their growth or performance when they arrive and i suppose like the key message really from it was that fact that like cab exports are going to should need to really continue within the sector we need cab exports i suppose if we look at it from an emissions point of view if we don't have exports that's two hundred and ten thousand extra calves on the island of ireland and that makes our emissions targets much harder but it also is a is a vital area that we need to improve and need to get kind of ahead of the game in terms of the welfare of these calves uh, being exported. Thanks, Brian. And now sticking with dairy, Ashling, what are we hearing about milk prices this week? Yes, Louise. So the ICMSA's Dairy Committee Chair, Noel Murphy, this week said that 37 cent a litre is the minimum acceptable milk price for November supplies. He said that processors out there must wake up to the reality that is currently facing their farmers suppliers. And he said that November should actually mark the turning point uh, and the beginning of a series of milk price increases to be introduced over the coming months. Now, we saw this week data from the Central 
Central Statistics Office showing that domestic milk intake by creameries and pasteurizers uh, was estimated at 605 million litres in October. That's down 12.6% when compared to the same month in 2022. Now, Noel Murphy said the only surprise with that figure is that the reduction actually wasn't greater. And he said that they anticipate that November and December figures for milk intake will be down even more as farmers out there, many of whom would actually milk on into the winter, have taken the decision to dry off their cows because it's not economically viable for them to continue milking on. And he said that it's hugely frustrating for farmers out there on the ground because processors have not chosen to pass on dairy product price increases on the markets that they have seen coming through um, since September. And farmers have been producing milk now below the cost of production for a number of months. And this is starting to, to hit home. And he said farmers are, as a result, voting with their feet and they're they're drying off their cows, Louise. And it's going to continue unless processors wake up to this reality and support the, the farmers with a milk price of at least 37 cent a litre for this month and increasing in subsequent months as well. Look, I suppose looking to the global markets, uh, we saw the Ornua purchase price index as well. It increased for November uh, to 125.8 as well. Uh, that uh, followed a previous rise to 122.3 in October. And when you include estimated processing costs of about seven and a half cent a litre there, Louise, the indicative price return for November, according to the Ornua PPI, is 37.2 cent a litre, including VAT. And we also saw this week as well, Louise, that the global dairy trade price index rose by 1.6% following the latest trading event. And following that result and in increased demand from key markets, including China. The New Zealand dairy cooperative uh, Fonterra has announced that it is increasing both its forecast farm gate milk price and earnings outlook. So it looks like there is a lot of green shoots out there on the dairy markets, but uh, it's coming maybe a little bit too late for a lot of Irish farmers who've chosen to dry off, according to the ICMSA. Exactly. Thanks for that update, Ashling. And on the topic of dairy, we also heard today that the chief executive of the National Dairy Council, Zoe Kavanagh, is to step down from the role in early 2024. Kavanagh is to take up a new position as chief executive of Repack. Now it's that time of year where Christmas is coming up and we have heard news this week that the Farm Assist Christmas bonus will be paid. This was announced as part of Budget 2024 and it comes just in time for a season which can be financially challenging for some farmers. It offers 100% bonus and is due to be paid in this week. And sticking with the Christmas theme. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. Well, there you go, Louise. The live animal crib is back at the Mansion House in Dublin this year. On Wednesday, the Lord Mayor of Dublin, Dahi Darosta, and Damien MacDonald, the Director General of the IFA, together with singers that you just heard from the Lucan Gospel Choir and Little Angels from St. Joseph's Nursery Morning Star Road in Dublin 8, officially 
launched this year's crib. It's a joint initiative between Dublin City Council, the IFA, and it's also supported by the Dublin Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the DSPCA. Now, listeners to the podcast will remember last year, Louise, there was a lot of controversy because the crib was relocated to St. Stephen's Green uh, when the former Lord Mayor of Dublin, Caroline Conroy, decided to revamp the idea of the crib uh, because of what she said were animal welfare concerns and decided not to include any live animals. But the current Lord Mayor, uh, Dahi Darosta, told Agriland that this week that it was one of the biggest questions he was asked when he actually got elected to the position was, would he bring back the live animal crib? Because it means so much to so many people. It is a real tradition, Louise, and it's a lovely family occasion. Yeah, well, you get going yourself, Ashing. I don't know, I'll have to make the pilgrimage back up from from Kerry to Dublin, but it is very nice. And like there's Daisy the donkey, Lily the goat, and there's sheep as well. And Fionn Sherlock is the farmer involved and he takes great care of the animals, Louise. And they're not there 24 hours a day. They're brought home in the evening and they're very well looked after. And, you know, it does add a certain magic uh, to Christmas in in the city. And uh, no doubt it will attract a huge crowd this year again. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for today, ending on a cheery note just a reminder before we go to everyone that the closed period is approaching for soiled water it will begin from december 10th and remain in place until december 31st in 2024 the closed period will begin on december 1st also another reminder that the ifa postal votes will close next monday and the national count will be held on tuesday december 12th in the castle knock hotel There's much more of those stories over on agriland.ie. But for now, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review and follow The Farming Week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love if you could spare some time to give us five stars or share it to anyone who you think might be interested. All the best for the week ahead from myself, Ashling, and Brian.